What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 108, and it's a very special day today. We have two awesome guests with us. We have Gabriella Hoffman, host of the District of Conservation podcast and writer at The Resurgent, and Stephen Gatowski, who's the Second Amendment reporter for the Washington Free Beacon. Welcome, guys. Howdy. I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's typical, Matt. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So, so let's yeah. talk about uh, guns and mass shootings and all the fun <laughs> stuff that yeah, we've had beautiful. the past few weeks. Wonderful. <laughs> so last night in Philadelphia, there was a, another shooting incident, although this was a case where the police were serving a narcotics warrant, and mm-hmm. the suspect then turned and started firing on them. Although the story about it is interesting because apparently he was in a lower level of the house, and then... The police were on the main level arresting people, and then he started firing up through the floor. Yeah. Insane. Oh. And that's how... John McClane then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's how the initial officers got injured. Yeah. Led to a long standoff where he had two officers essentially hostage on the floor above him, and then eventually released the hostages and then surrendered himself to the police. Mm-hmm. But during this whole debacle... We have the anti-gun politicians of the left immediately politicizing the event while it's still ongoing. You have Kamala Harris on CNN doing her usual shtick. And then you have the mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney, who, by the way, is a total loser. He goes out and says that we need more gun control. When, in fact, this guy was a prohibited possessor because he's a felon. And I'm pretty sure the gun was illegal already. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't fit their narrative. So where would you think we go with this? They're going to continue to exploit every mass shooting and, and disaster like this. I, that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, um, this, this one's particularly interesting to me because this guy, he'd been convicted six different times for uh, you know, felonies, including a number of gun crimes, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, of course, he's multiple times over. He's a prohibited person, so he can't, he can't even touch a firearm right. or ammunition so allegedly it's, it's illegal for him just kidding it's illegal for him to possess yeah. any sort of guns or ammunition so uh, you know everything he did was obviously super illegal i mean this was a narcotics bus so yeah mm-hmm. that's another reason why he's prohibited you know it's just not this guy's prohibited citizen. over 15 yeah. different ways yeah but it, more interesting to me was uh you know and uh, president trump actually tweeted about this is something where I agree with uh, President Trump on Whoa, mm-hmm. breaking, uh, news yeah, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> not super common. But Steven is with us. On he said, Trump you know, train. this guy, why the hell is this guy on the streets? This dude's 36 years old, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's committed all these different felonies. He's b- tried to break out of prison. He's fled custody. He's done all this stuff. Arrested a dozen times since he turned 18. Yeah. He's also had a lot of charges dropped against him, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I wonder why. Things, that's liberal prosecutors yeah. in the city, of Even course. Even if you yeah. ignore that stuff, which uh, seems bad to begin with. Um, I mean, we don't know the exact details of each of those cases, but even if you ignore the ones where he the charges were dropped or he he beat the rap or whatever, he was still convicted six different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why was why was he out I of prison know. at 36? You know, like it, it seems to me like this guy could have been still in prison, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then this wouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, so you get into an argument about criminal justice reform. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been having that debate mm-hmm. over the years, and I'm sure there's there's merit to the to each side on that. But here's an example of somebody who probably was uh, let out early and shouldn't have yep. been. Yeah, of course. Most definitely. It's and I read this morning and I'm not, I didn't have the time to do the full research into this, but something related to Pennsylvania's three strikes law, not including certain 
aspects of this. So, he had been convicted of illegal possession of guns, drug dealing, aggravated assault. Yep. There's no reason that he should have been on the streets. Yeah. So that's something that we need to take a look at. And furthermore, he was not legally allowed to have this gun, no. purchase a gun, or be anywhere near it. So, uh, Was it an AR-15? I don't know. They haven't um, said. I think there's I, reports that it was an AK-47, but we yeah. don't know for sure. Right. It, it must have been. It probably was a I rifle. Mean, they they nobody, tried. Luckily, they tr- nobody yeah. died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like the That's SWAT amazing. team yeah. had to pull yeah. back. They tried to breach his the, the barricade room he was in. They had, the fall, they had to fall back. I mean, when SWAT team has to <laughs> fall back because the well, heavy fire, the gunfire. It's amazing heavy. that only Something. they were only wounded and nobody was killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good thing. That's, and it's really great. They that, had to yell that, at the media to stop live streaming it because he was using that as a tactical advantage. Yeah. And he was also apparently live streaming yeah, the event. Yeah, did you see that? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not hear yeah. about that. Yeah. So, it, but it was on his profile page, his Facebook profile page, but his page was private. So it wasn't viewable to the public. Yeah. Huh. But apparently the police used that to pinpoint his location in the Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then they mm-hmm. told him essentially, you have until 1145 to come out or we're coming in and you're going to end up dead. So, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Right. I mean, that. That reminds me of the the Dallas uh, attacker yeah, yeah. when he, he shot a bunch of cops. When they then, used yeah. that robot, they, they the blew robot, up the robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we made the robot at the Free Beacon. We made the robot a man of the year that year. Nice. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. He was Very right nice. back to work uh, you yeah. know, shortly after that. So. Yeah. Heroic <laughs> robot. The only good use of AI right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> know, right? I'm on board with that. <laughs> yes. But then also, in addition to this, so we talked about how these Dems went on TV immediately and called for more gun control. Mm-hmm. And Congresswoman Val Demings of Jacksonville, Florida, immediately called for banning high-capacity magazines. She has an interesting uh, background, too, because she was oh, the chief tell. of police and had to be formally admonished for leaving her gun unsecured in the car when huh. she was chief of police. Oh, my God. So so she's went to gunsplain. Yeah, really? exactly. The height of hypocrisy, of course, on the left. Yeah. And Virginia delegate Mark Levin tried to solicit donations on this, which is just following the pattern that the Democrats used with El Paso and Dayton, Disgusting. fundraising on gun control on that as well. Disgusting people. But let's let's take it to a whole new disgusting level. So during the standoff last night, as police were trying to contain the crowds, keep everybody safe, the crowd in Philly started to taunt police started to throw things at them and push and shove them around in the middle of this active shooting incident. The the respect for police in this country yeah. is just in the yeah. And I don't understand why. Because these are the guys who, when stuff like this happens, run toward the danger. They're the ones who keep us safe. So when are we going to have a discussion in this country on the the general public's just total lack of respect for our law enforcement officers. Yeah. And that includes that includes the same thing that's happening. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later in the show. The attacks on ICE mm-hmm. that are happening. Yeah, It's just across the board. The left in this country, they hate police. But they want to take the guns away from law-abiding citizens. Right. And they'll want to disarm police when they get their chance after they disarm civilians. Well, just yeah. like they did in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that worked out well. But also, it's just a lot of the rhetoric we see. Granted, there are some people who are outliers. They're not conservatives. If, if they're alt-righters, they're completely in their own category. But a lot of the rhetoric we've seen in recent years, especially under the Obama administration, was very anti-police. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that rhetoric. That, that language is not held accountable even today, just I just I just laugh. This is like the police are racists, but only the police should have guns. Yeah, <laughs> how yep. does that work? It's like okay, <laughs> yep. And 
we also have a case of looking at Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren just this past weekend. Yeah. Repeatedly spouted the lie that Michael Brown was murdered. Yeah. When he was legally, it was found that he was not. It, are they accusing the Obama DOJ of a cover-up? Pretty much. I mean, I mean that's, that's pretty much what you're saying when you when you say that. So, mm-hmm. but and and Barack I mean, Obama, I mean, he he really ignited the powder keg in this country of yeah. anti-police sentiment. Yeah, across the board. Remember when so many times he immediately came out and condemned the police and was found to be on the wrong side of yeah, things. From there. Uh, the, the the Skip Gates, the beer summit. Yeah, Skip the beer Gates. summit. That was fun. Yeah, but. In the context of El Paso and Dayton, I mean, yesterday turned out about as well as it could for the the level of a dangerous situation that we had there. I mean, no civilians were harmed. Um, and, you know, those police officers were released last night from the hospital. Yes. Except for one who was involved in a car accident mm-hmm. related to responding to the incident. I mean, the police response was tremendous. They got there pretty... They had a decent crowd there to serve the warrant, but as soon as the shooting started happening... The response time from the general police department and SWAT was pretty solid. Yeah, but for for these this, this crowd to be attacking these cops like this, that are that throwing, are simply throwing stuff at them. Yeah, while the shootings were going on, they're simply doing their job. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Yeah, I don't think it's an appropriate response yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, there's obviously um, communities in the United States and in Philadelphia where. You know, there's bad relations between the police and mm-hmm. right. and and the community, and part of that is on the police force. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're responding to uh, a shooting like that, and they're trying to protect the public, clearly, whatever issues you have with the police, and they might be legitimate complaints that you have, the, that is not the right way. To, right, right. Well, it's to it's bring a circular up, to throw things at the police who exactly. are trying to keep you away from where people are getting shot like that's insane it's a circular issue because the community's mad at them but yeah. they're also you know obviously mad at the community for doing yeah. things it like makes, this it makes and, everything worse right right it only escalates the situation absolutely mm-hmm. so let's talk about president trump and his recent uh inclination to become weak in the knees on gun control this is not good not good at all no. not good and you know that i am the most ardent defender of president trump <laughs> along with matt yeah and really? wait is that you true? don't say yeah. <laughs> i am i don't know about you guys i am very down the middle oh, yeah. <laughs> very impartial but th- this is very disheartening that he keeps bringing this up and there's there's two different like trains of thought here the the background check stuff and the red flag stuff the red flag stuff i thought he did an excellent job himself of debunking why red flag laws are are just total bullshit. Right. He, in in response to the Chris Cuomo Fredo yeah. incident, I mean, he's like Chris Cuomo's completely unhinged. Red flag, and I mean, yes, that just self defeating. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. it certainly is. Um, however, I I you might be underestimating the president's willingness to undermine a political position he supports in order to dunk yeah. on a TV host he doesn't like. That's fair. That's fair, and uh, I think we, that's I mean, more likely what it's going on. Or it could have been a genius plan of 40 chess. Be. Never know with President we don't Trump. Know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know for sure. Um, I do think that the tweet certainly does undermine uh, mm-hmm. any effort to pass red flag legislation. I mean, I don't know I don't know that it kills it necessarily. Yeah, but, I don't think red flag's happening. I think it's much more likely that uh, universal background checks could. Interesting. Which is essentially an outlawing of private sales in the United States. Sure. 
I mean, I think it's the opposite. I think red flags are more likely than uh, God help us than <laughs> universal background checks. Just because, I mean, for one, they were already working on universal background checks before all this happened. Graham was having hearings on this. Yeah, which back. also is ridiculous. Early what is Lindsey Graham doing? Um, uh, so you know, I get, <laughs> yeah, Graham 2.0 is on a vacation. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> we're, we're reverting vacation. back to Graham 1.5. <laughs> oh. We need to, but we he, need to upgrade um, again. So I think there's more support for that. Rubio supports red flag laws. Um, He's had a bill in the a, works. Yeah, for a while. You, you see more Republicans open to this idea mm-hmm. than like background checks because, but again, you'd have to think through this by the numbers because the Senate is there's 54 Republicans and you need 60 votes to pass any of these bills, and so you're going to need all of the Democrats, which I don't even know that you would get all of them for even universal background checks, which is, mm-hmm. you know, polls the best of these things, because I don't know that Doug Jones would vote for it in Alabama. There, there might be one or two other Democrats who, who would have a hard time voting mm-hmm. for new gun control. And then even if you did get all the Democrats, just have that as a given, you'd need 14 Republicans. Where are you going to get 14 Republican votes for something like this? You could maybe get four or five, I think, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. hopefully the, nowhere. The, yeah. Only way, yeah. the only way it happens, right, in my estimation mm-hmm. at least, is if President Trump continually pushes for it, like vigorously in mm-hmm. public. Because that's the only way they're going to have cover to vote for something like this. And he, so basically he'd have to spend a lot of political capital to get something like universal background checks passed. which it, And that is something that would have had no effect on these recent shootings. Exactly. All of these, exactly. All of these shooters yeah. went through background checks. Yes. Or even the Philly guy wouldn't have mattered there because wouldn't have been exactly for him to buy his gun you know he almost certainly got it the way most criminals get their guns which is through other criminals or through friends or family so that's most private transfers to begin with is families and friends and friends yeah but i mean like which uh, is why most most of the time criminals get their guns from friends and family who know that they're criminals and know that they're that's illegal yeah that in itself is a crime (laughs) it's it's a crime to do that like it's not like they're it's not like this dude who's been to jail, who's been convicted of six felonies, yeah. is going to a family member and say, oh, I need you to buy me a gun. And the family member has no idea that he's not allowed. To yeah, yeah. You, know? you guys remember the DOJ study that just came out maybe last year where they pulled like 200 something thousand criminals and the majority, I think it was 90 or so, almost unanimously said we didn't go through the gun show loophole or through private sales. We got mm-hmm. this through the black market. Yeah. Oh, think, yeah. I mean, criminals yeah. are going to buy guns from other criminals. Yeah. yeah it's it's obvious. Yeah. Off, there, there's a lot of studies that show that they also, they, I mean, they pass them around and, and get inside mm-hmm. gangs. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, there isn't necessarily like a sale that happens yeah. all the time. Right, the, right, The right. gang gets a gun Here. and then they, tra- yeah. they trade it between They're equipping their employee yeah. with like that. tools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody yeah. needs the gun, then they have the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Take out that Gabby Hoffman here, Steven. <laughs> it's not no. something that. The fish is cleaned, as they say in The Sopranos. Yeah. It's not something that's like, oh, they're going to, to arms list or whatever and they're buying a gun from a stranger they, yeah. that's not how because criminals yeah. don't trust strangers because yeah, they think exactly. they could be cops which yeah. they should be cops a lot of cops should be trying to yeah. to bust these guys on these kinds of sales i think that doesn't happen enough frankly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. did you also see the poll that came out yesterday on fox news i think it was a brett bayer show where uh most of the people i think it was 57 percent said they prefer to live in a country where there is private gun ownership versus 34 yeah. percent i think that said they don't but the the other metrics of the polling, I think it was like ninety percent support background checks. But 
I was listening to Dana Lash's show and and correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, but most people I think are under the assumption and they phrase these questions as if background checks are not in place at all. And we all very much know, oh, absolutely. having purchased guns ourselves and submitting ourselves to background checks that yeah. they are very well in place. And yeah, sometimes I mean, they make it up by thin air, like but like in ninety in the early nineties, <clears throat> like people thought that forty percent of all gun purchases had no background check. Right. And Obama yeah. repeated that lie yep. after Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so, studies from before the yeah. background check system went into effect. Exactly. But, but I will say that, uh, you know, it depends on this question, obviously, Mm -hmm. that you have to look at the specific wording, and some of them are really poorly done. Yes, Um, that's the worst part. But uh, there is general, I I think it's fair to say that in polling, there's general support Mm -hmm. for universal background checks, um, and, you know, it polls really well. But you also have to look at, you know, to explain why we don't, why they don't pass often. I think there's 14 states that have universal background checks Mm -hmm. right now, so that's you know, a small minority in the, in the country of 50 different states, obviously, in the federal level. Yeah. Um, so why aren't we seeing more of these if they poll pretty mm-hmm. well, you know, mm-hmm. when you have the question asked properly? You should look at how voters actually react. Because it's like, okay. okay, oh, well, the politicians are bought. Fine, whatever, if that's your argument. But then, so put it on the ballot. You can have ballot initiatives, and they do. They have yeah. put ballot initiatives for universal yeah, background checks. Or, they just uh, did Oregon it in, had it. They've done, they did it in Maine and mm-hmm. Nevada in the last couple of years. It passed in Nevada, but only by 1%. So that's 51%, yeah. not 90%. Right. right? Yeah. And it lost in Maine. So it's less yeah. than a majority in Maine supported it, even though polling indicates it's extremely like it's extremely popular. Yeah, so yeah. There, there's that's more to it. Than, it's all about uh, the sample, too. Yeah. Yeah there's, yeah. there's much more to it than just asking a sample of, of adults whether or not they theoretically yeah. like this concept. Yeah. When it comes to actual legislation, yeah. the support is far less than. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the problem is they don't understand what's in those in those proposals. Nope. And there is a complete motivation of the left to conceal all of their motivations using buzzwords. Yep. So yeah. common sense gun control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a loaded term. Yeah. Because what may be common sense to a socialist is certainly not common sense to me as a exactly. Second Amendment absolutist. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it's just. They're they're trying to conflate the issues. They're trying to do the same thing with this as they do with immigration, with legal and illegal mm-hmm. immigration. Yep, yeah. very much the yeah. same. It's they're they're lumping it all into one thing, and with a complex issue like this, especially when you're talking about constitutional rights of a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't just broad stroke this whole thing. It, and yeah. go ahead. I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're getting, you know, words matter. I mean, I think another. It, I mean, we talk about another popular proposal. Well, uh, Stephen, you know, universal background checks is also a, a quote ban on semi-automatic firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get into the weeds of that, I mean, the, it's scary. every gun. It's every yeah, gun. There is every no different. I mean, according to the language that these liberal pollsters push, a Beretta 92FS nine millimeter, which is the gun used by John McLean and Die Hard, <laughs> is Great a gun. yeah right is a an assault weapon. Yep. Mm-hmm. that's a an assault weapon. It has more than fifteen rounds. It's semi-automatic. It should be banned. So mm-hmm. I think. You know, I know when you're explaining things, you're losing in politics. But I think in these, in this case, it, well, that's it comes, in, it comes in, a sex, uh, yeah. in, in a series of fact checks, thanks to people like Mr. Kataski over here. Yeah. yeah who, well, the wording really matters a lot in these, yeah. these situations where you're talking about different bands because yeah, it could it could affect. Uh, you could go from affecting. Uh, you, you could go from advocating for something that's already in law, like oh, we need to ban assault rifles, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Assault rifles, by definition, have to be capable of automatic fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've already banned new sales yeah. of, yep. of yeah. fully automatic weapons in the United States back in 1986. So if that's what you're advocating for, well, 
I mean, that's good news. Sidebar, <laughs> sidebar bad decision. Bad. I was about yeah, to say, I was about to say what yeah. I advocate sure. for is a full, repeal, <laughs> a full repeal of NFA is what I advocate sure, for. Sure, fair so. enough. Yeah. But if you're advocating for an assault weapon but and you're you're describing it as like a semi-automatic rifle with capable of you know accepting a detachable magazine that has two or more uh, of these random features like a flash hider or a teles- telescoping stock or or um you know a, a barrel shroud like the, also flash hider like yeah, fl- really it's <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, I don't know how on. a telescoping stock makes a gun any yeah, more no, deadly no. exactly yeah. um, exactly because it doesn't it's just, <laughs> just how you hold the gun mm-hmm. um, so that someone with shorter arms can hold the same gun as somebody with longer like, like that's me. all it does yeah, exactly. <laughs> all it does is change the length of the stock anyway right. yeah. um you know that that probably equals out to maybe 15 to 20 million guns would be affected by mm-hmm. that and then you go to if you're talking about semi-automatic, yeah. all semi-automatics, that's yeah. most of the guns. Most in the guns. guns. That's hundreds yeah. of millions of guns. Mm-hmm. And then comes. So and, yeah. you, you have to understand what the hell you're talking about yeah. because it has wa- a wide, yeah. uh, a massive difference between the different proposals. Exactly. And like the AR-15, apparently that's not a com- common sense, right? Yeah. Common use. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not commonly used. Actually, it's the most popular rifle in America among yeah. women Owned too, by millions of Americans, law-abiding citizens. Yep. So, again, yeah. it's and people use it for hunting. I, yeah, that I mean, too. It, it's not just about hunting. People yeah. conflate the Second Amendment with yeah, hunting, and it's all not. The time. Yeah, <laughs> not to put it down, but the the late the late Bob Owens actually had a really good post on bearing arms years ago about mm-hmm. how the AR-15 is is used by hunters. It yep. was really good, especially but, yep. those who are disabled. I yeah. have several friends who have mobility issues and they lean on rifles like the AR-15 to successfully go hunting and I'm going to learn next week if my AR-15 will be sufficient enough the one that I'll be borrowing from the landowner I'm hunting with to kill a hog a feral hog because they say it's, <laughs> oh, not, wow. it's not strong enough to yeah, do it that'd yeah, be great hey, make sure that I get some video if you I will you do that. <laughs> but yeah I mean Steven, it's, I mean, it's I, obviously I used for yeah. all sorts of things it can be used for hunting yeah. it's also commonly used for home defense mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then it's also extremely popular for competitive shooting yeah. as well yeah. and, and target shooting. and hobby yeah it's yeah. target people, shooting yeah people enjoy building them I personally enjoy building them you I built mine I built storms well which by the way together but yeah which by the way we need to build another one i want to build an ar-10 <laughs> in 308 there you go. so we need to do that this summer yep. i mean ar-10s are even more commonly used for hunting yeah it's a yeah. larger caliber uh and so you can use but what about those ghost guns game. what about those ghost guns even <laughs> that, that, that fire the uh you know 50 rounds in two seconds no 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 it's, yeah. it's 30 rounds <laughs> in half a second <laughs> 30 rounds in half oh a second. that chart was unbelievable uh, you remember that press conference with yeah. uh bercera yeah. out yeah. in california yeah. It's a lot just, of dumb things are yeah. said by politicians. How <laughs> much, how <laughs> much, Stephen? How much Advil do you have to go through every day dealing with these jagaloons? Uh, it's not pleasant, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Stephen's like, I, Stephen's so like well. I don't use yeah. Advil. I do straight cocaine. There's a lot of yelling in the free beacon office. Well, you and you created a resource guide for these mm-hmm. journalists to use, and I'll yeah. use journalists very loosely yeah. because they're not journalists. You're yeah. a journalist. Yeah. They're not, and. They, they just refuse to ask experts who know what they're talking about because it weakens mm-hmm. their argument. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, from my point of view, as you guys well know, um, I think most journalists want to get the facts right and they want to, they're open to, to hearing from people who are, who know better than them on a subject. Uh, now, there are, I, I, if they're minority. still a real journalist and haven't yeah. moved into the activist front. Well, so what I, so there's certainly a group, uh, a, a my, I think they're a minority of journalists who don't care and they just want to push an agenda and they don't, they don't have any interest in getting their facts right. And unfortunately these are also happen to be the people who have the highest the most power. Yeah. yeah. The TV um, hosts, TV, ho- yeah, yeah. Cable news is particularly bad. Yep. 
like you said, they don't really ever have anyone on who knows what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a common problem on cable news. I thought Shannon really Watts was an expert. Guns, I thought she was very good, Shannon Watts. <laughs> like, you can have, like you can have a Shannon Watts on. You can <laughs> have kidding. on. You can have on like gun control advocates. It's fine. Yeah, but. You shouldn't have, they shouldn't be your only guest and they well, shouldn't be the yeah, person that you're, that's the problem. Like, you're, commonly, <laughs> you're commonly having like situations where this happens all the time on CNN and MSNBC where, where they have a Democrat on or a gun control advocate on and then they ask them like questions about what their opponents think. Like they're going to give you any good insight into that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. question. It's and like if I, yeah, asked, yeah, yeah. Vespa, if I asked you, hey, what do you think, uh, Give me what Hillary Clinton is thinking about this issue. Well, what, what is I think she, she's right now. I think she's relieved that Epstein, that she killed Epstein, but that's not the separate <laughs> oh story. God. God. We'll save uh, the Epstein talk for a little bit. You, you get my point. Like, I get it. No, yeah. Like, yeah. You're not, we're not going to get any insight into no. Hillary Clinton's mind no. by asking you. Yeah, you. exactly. Like, yeah. It's just not how it works. Yeah. They right. shouldn't be afraid. Yeah, I'm not Rasputin over here. And yeah. so it happens constantly. And and then they also just never, they, they don't know anything about guns or gun policy or the, yeah. or current law. Like, do you? It's not like you have to go out and be, a, you know, an expert shooter. You don't have to own 20 guns to look into how our federal laws work. Right. Yeah. Like, especially if you're reporting on them and it's you're advocating for how to change them. Well, like, that's why yeah. nobody ever wants to go on CNN when they had that, you know, propaganda town hall. Just Using recently. air quotes there. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, yeah. You know, the NRA declined our invite. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Chris Cuomo. Well, yeah. Fredo. He, that was incredible because yeah. he was like, oh, the NRA, the NRA wouldn't come on. And it's probably because they're evil propagandists. Yeah. Yeah. They're Nazis. Yeah. They want to kill everybody. No wonder they don't want to come on with yeah. you, dude. Yeah. What are you doing? Plus, mm-hmm. he's not the best per- He's yeah, he's, 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 he's not awful. objective on that. I mean, no. Dick Tapper, I thought he was slightly better when he hosted the I mean, town hall previously. Tapper, I thought he did... Uh, did his best with the situation that was set up. Live. I know, right after the because shooting. Because the situation was so designed in that town hall to make Rubio and Dana Lash like the Monsters. objects of hate. Yeah. That was the whole point of it. They, and they probably should have been directing their hate at the sheriff. Who but. were angry at them. Yeah, they let, I mean, we didn't find out about as yeah. much about Israel until, but, I mean, to, to Tapper's credit, yeah. he's the one who, who did, after that happened, he did have a hard interview with that guy. Yeah. But, Event was so poorly. It like was, it was designed it was, to be it was a disaster. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it was a North like, Korean kangaroo court. I mean, the best reporter in the world couldn't have made that work. Yeah, because because of the setup that CNN they decided yeah. that this was going to be like a a, a spectacle of hate. Yeah. Like that's right. what it was. That was designed yeah. to do. It was just there for these people are at, right. You know, understandably angry. Yeah, uh, that this happened to their community. Yeah, right. And you're just going to put them in a room and say these people are the ones who did it. Even like even if that's not remotely it's true, not true. Right. Yeah. And they they, they won an award for that whole yeah. spectacle oh, too. No, but ridiculous. I think <laughs> no, I think no, yeah. it would it would be really nice if the media could replicate, let's say, like the project we participated in last fall, the Guns in America. Yeah, the Time Magazine. That was, was great. excellent. And we're, I'm not saying this simply because I was featured in it, and many of our friends are featured in <laughs> yeah, it. The two, yeah, the two yeah. people were in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, it was great. No, no, it was like, great when they t- had us uh, on to, partial to take our pictures to be on a magazine cover. That was really good project. More people should do that. Yeah, no, no. But, but no, seriously, it, in the, it was. In, in the grand scheme of things, it was good even to hear people we disagree with. Yeah in a calm manner and people kind of like in between in that gray area too to talk like i wish they would bring on more sides and, and the cable news host would bring on people like you me cam edwards anyone yeah. who at least has some slight understanding of what happens in the gun culture and i think katie pavlich made a great point on tuesday's episode about how they're trying to conflate the really kind of rare bad gun culture with the good gun culture that has dominated this country yes mm-hmm. because much yes. of the, and, and 
and if she's listening, hi, Katie. I haven't seen you in a while. So it was nice of you to, to, yeah, also <laughs> to post, give a shout out to. She's awesome. Katie, if you could post yeah. more pictures of Gadsden that's on true, your Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's a personal request from me. Yes. So. Yes. Keep up the good work. Don't She's tread awesome. on us. Yeah. <laughs> but but they they treated Dana so poorly yeah. that that just set the standard for no Second Amendment supporter to really ever want to partake right. in something like that because you're just going to be an object of national hate. They're yeah. just trying to gin up all kinds of things. I mean, the abuse that she takes on Twitter on a daily it's, basis it's is unbelievable. disgusting. That's just the sliver of what we see, too. I yeah. know. Yeah. You know it's a lot Yeah, worse. I mean, I read a piece about this yeah. not, a long, not, yeah. a long, not, a, not that long ago where, yeah. you know, as Gabby, I'm sure, has experienced, there's been a lot, there's a lot of hate directed towards uh, uh, women who advocate yep. for gun rights. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had Katie, people tell me too. You get yeah. it. Yeah. They, they tell you to go shoot yourself in the mouth that, yeah. Uh, I've had people tell me over the years that my parents should have been killed by Stalin, all these other great <laughs> notions, <laughs> and I deserve everything that's coming to me. But I really wish people would want to have a conversation, but it feels like they want to shut us out in the, the gun circles and the gun perspective out mm -hmm. because they know that if they're presented other facts, their whole arguments are going to be refuted and they're going to be embarrassed by the fact that they can't defend what they're trying to preach. They don't read existing law. And it's, it's, everything is out there on the Virginia penal code, the yes. federal ATF regulations, everything yes. is out there. And sadly, a lot of people don't have interest in reading comprehension today. And it would be <laughs> helpful if they did. And, and when it comes to issues like tech, they want, they say, you cannot regulate tech because you don't know about our industry and our perspective. We want the same respect and the same consideration too exactly. in yeah. our industry because you should uh, for sure as hell know what the hell you're talking about yeah. if you want to regulate something. I mean, well, do, not do, that you do should they not know them. that women are the next frontier in the gun industry? That yeah. more women are getting concealed carry permits than in, 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 in history? Women, I mean, yeah. And first-time purchasers, a lot yes. of women. Right. A lot of yeah. women are joining gun clubs and shooting clubs. It's 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 fantastic. I mean, Stephen has been... Yeah, uh, he's you been actually great. shot with a, a group. Yes, a uh, girl recently. and a gun, yeah. right? Yeah, no, women are the fastest growing demographic. Well, the problem is that this entire argument has been framed by the left as a strictly emotional argument, mm -hmm. yeah. not based in fact, which is actually right. how a lot of our political arguments happen nowadays. Yeah. And that's that the problem is if you try to legislate and create policy around strictly emotional arguments, you're going to trample the constitutional rights right. of yes. all these citizens, and it's just, it it's a problem. Alternatively, yeah. we can be emotional or have pathos coupled with ethos and facts, when we are trying, because I don't know anyone who is a gun owner or strong Second Amendment supporter who loves mass shootings. That's completely ridiculous. It makes my heart hurt whenever you see the story and you feel that those people were defenseless and they couldn't protect themselves with a gun yep. or with yeah. someone who was armed nearby. My sister was in the, it's actually coming up on seven years very soon. My sister was one of several people who was in the Family Research Council building yeah, when that, that crazy Chick-fil-A yeah. shooter was there. Yeah. And that was kind of the turning point for me. I was never against guns, but I really became adamant about becoming a proponent after I learned that my sister almost could have been a victim of a crazy attempted mass yeah. shooting. And thankfully, that yeah. building security guard stopped that. But that really was a turning point for he me. He was a hero. Yeah. Leo yeah. Johnson he was, was awesome. He was not armed at the time, no. too. And, and several of the El Paso and Dayton victims said man i wish i had a gun to protect myself yeah and then, we've, we've yeah. seen the reuters article that just came out that said more hispanic texans actually took concealed carry trainings in wake of this horrific mass shooting yeah and i think second amendment as we all should should be preaching is for everyone regardless of yep. what your racial or socioeconomic or mm -hmm. whatever orientation Absolutely. you are well i was told it's it's for old white guys that. so 
<laughs> well, and that's they, they try to frame. That's why you don't want it. That's why they try to frame. They stop right. I know. They try to frame the NRA as just a group of old white guys, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Have you even been to an NRA annual meeting? Like the the diversity there is actually pretty shocking. It was great. Yeah, a lot and, of women. Yeah. Yeah, even at Shot Show and other types of venues like that too, you see a lot of unique yeah. diverse people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and included indelibly American. And something that the NRA has started to do that I love is they're saying we're a civil rights organization for everybody. It's not just old white dudes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this should be rehashed. They should be doing, yeah, doing yeah, that totally. all the yeah, time. Absolutely. And so quickly here, we have two editorial boards that called for essentially the banning of assault rifles, which is just a loaded term in itself, and I yeah. hate even using it, but uh, New York Post called for a ban, which was actually disappointing because uh, <sighs> what's-his-name had been pretty reliable. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The so opinions Rob, editor, the yeah, guy who so hates yeah. David French. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm on board with that, but we won't we won't touch <laughs> oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, sequitur. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. David French really made this guy uh, forced him to be a big gun control advocate. I know. Yeah, he yeah. Lost, now he lost me. Yeah. Now he lost me. He had me, and then he lost me. <laughs> but the USA Today editorial board did the same thing, and they're they're calling yeah. for gun. Let's talk about this for a second. Buybacks. Ugh. I didn't buy my gun from the government. No, none mm. of us did. Exactly. Well, the thing now is, um, you know, since Swalwell's uh, declaration a few months back, <laughs> Swalwell, a lot Sorry. of the buybacks you're talking about now, um, I don't remember if, what the editorial board for USA Today specifically called for, but many of them are they're talking about mandatory buybacks, yeah. which is very different. It's like a you, confiscation. Yeah. It's confiscation. Yeah, it's There's confiscation. no way to say it. what Australia did. Yeah, yeah. if you have After no choice Arthur. in the matter, then it's not a buyback. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. well, we gave you money to compensate you for the yeah. confiscation. It's still yeah. confiscation. Like You mm-hmm. have no choice. You cannot We're taking your guns. property, but here's the check. Right, yeah. so, uh, you know, normally, because it's different from most of American history, where we, we when we talk about buybacks in America, usually we're talking about voluntary buybacks, yes. where someone, if they yeah. want to, they can go and turn in a gun and get like a $50 gift card to mm-hmm. so, Olive Garden, you know, Olive Garden yeah. which is remember, hilarious what was it, someone, <laughs> we should talk about you guys yeah, remember yeah, right but, um, <laughs> but someone yeah, turned so, in a historic rifle yeah in Baltimore right and it was yeah, worth like, in a, a ridiculous yeah, amount of money I remember that oh that was gosh. the oh, that was uh, the Nazi uh, that was actually the assault rifle oh the Sturmgewehr that's oh, where the term comes yeah. from it means assault rifle storm rifle or assault rifle and so that that's where we get that that technical definition of what assault yeah. rifle is, and that's a select fire gun, which means it's yep. capable of automatic fire and, or yeah. semi-automatic fire. Nazis so, made some great guns. Anyway, yeah. no, that's where the term. <laughs> don't, don't I say just, that. <laughs> and they also took them away from well, the people. Germans. Yes. They did, yeah. the which was the yeah. first yeah. step. <laughs> which was the first step towards the Holocaust. Oh yeah, like which was banning the private gun Bolshevik revolution and well, everything. Your parent, well, both your parents, or just your dad? No, both my parents. Both your parents fled the Soviet Union. Yeah, actually, most of my immediate family did. Mm. Yeah, they have, they have first-hand why. experience. Why, things in this. are great there. I heard. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was so wonderful. They left. Bernie Sanders <laughs> went there for uh, honeymoon. For his yeah. honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's great. Great. Did, they, did your family sell nuclear secrets? No. Okay. Like the Americans, the American show. Why did not everything on TV? Why did they flee? Why did they flee? You want to know why they fled? Yeah. Okay. Well, little Nikita. No. In all seriousness, there was a lot of anti-Semitism. And as you know, my yeah. dad's family is Jewish. My mom's family is Lithuanian, Catholic, and Russian Orthodox. And mm-hmm. so they didn't respect private property. It was very invasive. People were snitching on their neighbors. My parents just got tired of it, especially my dad. My dad was the catalyst. He wanted to leave. And I keep asking them all the time because I want to take as much information while they're still around. They're kind of older than 
most parents out there. But uh, it's just, you see a lot of this, in, and I think um, uh, Solzhenitsyn wrote about this in the Gulag Archipelago, that he... Propaganda. No, it's not. <laughs> that he, he wrote that uh, when they came to take him away, they took away his military-owned pistol. And you see this, and he was even sympathetic with what their ideas were and what they were espousing, too. And there's a lot of accounts, and, and I'm going to do my best to find it, and I hope Stephen does, too, uh, to find historical accounts uh, more. So they got rid of that uh, survey from Harvard from 2007, like you can't find it anymore, that showed that violent crime was significantly higher in countries like the USSR and China, Cuba versus oh, here in the United they States. Oh, they they yeah, claimed gee. it wasn't peer-reviewed. They buried a study. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> But a study yeah, that proves our points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they dismissed it as a survey. It wasn't peer reviewed. It was insignificant. And this is fact. A gun control is fact. But yeah, there is historical evidence that gun confiscation usually is the first step towards all these crazy yeah. uh, takeovers and then and then oppression. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 if I may uh, about the AR-15 ban calls. A lot of this is incremental. They, they're they going to say these are assault weapons, these semi-automatic Air-15s. Then they're going to go after handguns. I have no doubt that's going to be in their crosshairs very soon, too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it's only logical. Hand, handguns because, kill more people than rifles. Yeah, I yeah. mean, rifles, yeah. rifles, all rifles are only are responsible for about 400 murders a year mm-hmm. over the past five years. Uh, it's been that way. And um, whereas, uh, so if you're talking about we have to ban this certain subset of rifles, so not all rifles, but a subset. Yeah. Um, you're obviously not going to have much impact on the murder no. rate in this country because they're not used that yeah. commonly for murder. I mean, they, they show up at yeah. high profile. And your events, colleague, but, uh, Lo- uh, Lois Beckett, who's actually a liberal gun reporter for The mm-hmm. Guardian, wrote about that in the New York Times, how the assault weapons ban did like nothing. Yeah. To, it didn't, to, it to didn't have any effect the last time we did. And it yeah. won't, even if even if you were to get rid of every single one of the guns that's targeted and the, like snap them out of existence, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't have like the ceiling for how much effect this could have is very, very low mm-hmm. because of the reality of how often these guns are using crap. So if the argument is that these are so dangerous that we have to get rid of them, well then, I mean, why wouldn't that extend to things that are actually used in crime more often like handguns? I mean, right. Handguns are by far the most common. And then they'll go after hunting the rifles. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that's the funny part is they say we want to ban these assault rifles and then you show them to a picture of the same gun just looking different, mm-hmm. different aesthetics, you mm-hmm. know. And they, of course, pick the scary black military Cosmetic features, yeah. Yeah. It's just like the, there's no there's no effect on how the gun, you know, actually functions, yep. right? right? It shoots the same bullet. Yep. It, it's, just, it's just, yeah. They should, be, if there are any open-minded reporters, and I think Stephen has encountered this, and I've even offered this too, if there's anyone who is open-minded, we always say, the both of us always tweet, come to the range with us. Learn exactly what all these gun functions are, how it operates, that the cosmetic features don't make a difference as to the firepower or mm-hmm. ballistics. Um, and there's an open invitation to come learn, but a lot yeah. of people haven't shown a willingness. They've well, never I've even shot a, guns. I've taken a number to the range, so there there are certainly a few, some out there. A few, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, um, a vast majority sure. of them, though, that opine on this matter mm-hmm. have never even no. shot a gun. Sure. More, more so should. Even hold, hold yeah. should, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree with that. But, yep. but they are, there are, uh, there has been. There have been people that have come to the range with me, for sure. That's yep. good. That's encouraging. And now, so there's this New York City law that didn't allow citizens to transport firearms within the state unless they were going to a specific location and had government approval. Now, this could be the first uh, Second Amendment case that we see in front of the Supreme Court in a while, but that's not the biggest part of this deal. The biggest part is that we have Senate Democrats, five of them, and it's 
Whitehouse, Blumenthal, of the Lisping brothers, and Hirono, Durbin, and Gillibrand. They've now threatened SCOTUS and said, if you take up this case, we will pack the court and restructure the Supreme Court because we're not going to get a ruling that we'd like. The Supreme Court is not supposed to be a legislative branch. It's Mm -hmm. not supposed to carry out a liberal agenda. I I don't even think they've carried out a conservative agenda. They've they've taken up issues and politicized them when they should just be an executor of law and making sure that things are not out of the framework or out of reach, things of that sort. They're supposed to be a check. They're not Mm -hmm. supposed to carry out what Congress does. Well, that's the thing is we believe that the Supreme Court should be constitutionalist, originalist, and just preserve rights. They believe in an activist court Mm -hmm. where it's essentially doing the things that they can't get done legislatively because there's significant opposition. Right. Yeah. It's just it's, it's all revolving around taking away rights at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, religious freedom, Second yep. Amendment freedoms, all of it. Yes. Yeah, this is really dangerous stuff that I think they're, they're yeah. talking about here. I know. Yeah. It's it's like banana republic stuff, as they yeah. like to yeah. say. Yeah. You yeah. know. <laughs> I mean it really is. Yeah. I mean, now I'm not against banana republic stuff if it favors us. Yeah. That's <laughs> typical. Gotcha. That's <laughs> well, yeah. It's it's funny because they're always the party that supposedly says, Oh, we Trump is violating all the norms of yeah. everything. Yeah. Rule and of then, law, rule of law. Yeah, rule yeah. of law. And then they're like, oh, well, wait, we don't like this. Yeah. Let's but do this. They're, yeah. they're projecting their That's sins true. onto us. Yeah. But yeah. also, I think there are a lot of, I don't know um, quantifiably how, how many more gun owners live in cities versus rural areas, but I feel like a lot of people in the cities, I've talked to plenty of people in New York City and Los Angeles and all these other different localities, they want to be able to own guns too, especially in more dangerous corners yeah, yeah. of do, cities. So, do you hear the horror show, the process they have to go through? It's Before John oh Stossel gosh. retired, he actually did a segment about how he, had, how he got his, his permit. He got a permit for his house, his residence, mm-hmm. but he was denied a carry permit. Mm-hmm. It took him like a year. Mm-hmm. And yep. Almost, I think, almost a thousand dollars. It took him a of, long time, and he was—he's a, a prominent news personality. Yeah. What? There's a ton of corruption in those systems well, yeah, as well, too, and especially in New York City. Yeah. There's a whole bribery, uh, uh, like, uh, scheme. There. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. portrayed in billions too. Yeah, they basically—you oh, really? yeah. you could buy off the people who issue the permits. Yeah, the commissioner. Um, and that was like the only way you could get them. Um, and then they did all kinds of stuff, like literal paying, paying them actual lots of money, obviously, but then also like giving prostitutes. Yeah. Like it's insane, but that's what happens when you rely on a system where the police get to Hmm. determine on their own whim, whether or not somebody can have a a firearm. Yeah. And I've had many friends up in New York city or in New Jersey, uh, ask me, well, you know, how can I go about this? I'm like, well, honestly, good luck. Move to Virginia. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Move move to a red state. (laughs) And, you know, especially in New York City, it's worse right. than New Jersey. But New right. Jersey's bad. I mean, you have to have a license to purchase in the yeah. first place, Ridiculous. which I think is blatantly yeah. unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it is. But. And then past that, just to purchase it, you need an additional carry permit, which they is. Yeah. I believe New Jersey might have changed this recently because they got a, a, a bad court ruling against it. Well, a good court ruling for us, but a bad court ruling against them <laughs> that changed it to shall issue. But I'd have to double check on that. But for mm, I don't think that happened in New Jersey. OK, then no, it you, that happened in D.C. In DC yeah. yeah. But also, did you see that um, businesses will be able to apply for concealed carry permits in Maryland now? Yeah. There was. Yeah, some they case- just changed mm-hmm. uh, Maryland's mm-hmm. uh, concealed carry law to make it a little bit. Less cumbersome. A little yeah. easier for some people. The uh, problem, But the problem remains that places that have may issue laws, which is what we're really talking about here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some Usually may issue laws apply to um, 
carry permits, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Maryland. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they apply to just purchase permits, like in New Jersey. Uh, so it's even more strict there, essentially. Yeah. Like, they have the what's called good reason clause, mm-hmm. which means that the police can deny you if they if the yeah. police decide that you don't have a, a good, good reason. reason. Yeah, it's um, completely and they, arbitrary. And they don't. Um, and I don't know of any jurisdiction where a good reason where self defense counts as as a good reason like just general self-defense they, they don't allow that as a good mm-hmm. reason a you have to have like generally the way it works there a threat than, against you other mm-hmm. than like just corrupt bribery to get one of these you'd have to have yeah some sort of documented threat against you which means like domestic abuse yeah stalker or something like that you actually have to have like a restraining order against the person you can't just say well my boyfriend has threatened me you have to go through the process to get Hmm. the documentation that you actually have a specific threat against your just, life just so that, ridiculous. and then even then <laughs> even then they don't necessarily have to give you the, the permit they yeah it's up to, still up to their judgment yeah. so. mm-hmm. blue state madness your life can be in danger but you know we'll determine oh my god <laughs> and <laughs> well, you remember the woman in new jersey yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was, was legitimate uh, the guy killed her yeah she the was murdered by her case. her ex-boyfriend her, yeah. her convict ridiculous. ex-boyfriend while she was yeah. waiting for her this was just a per- permit to purchase, purchase yes. a firearm, not to yeah. carry it. She mm-hmm. was waiting on it. She had checked in with the police mm-hmm. multiple times. There, there's like a deadline that they have, but they basically there's no enforcement of it, yeah. so they don't. She had to get fingerprinted for it, and like mm-hmm. they were months late. She went through the whole process, yeah. and they they didn't give her the permit when they were when the deadline mm-hmm. for them right. to give it to yeah. what uh, came up. But she, but it didn't matter because there's no enforcement of that deadline. So she was still waiting uh, on her permit to to buy a handgun yeah. when her. X came by and murdered her. Yeah, stabbed yeah. her, stabbed her to death. Yeah, and there's many stories of that. And it in never her own, gets in her own driveway. You know, yeah, in her own driveway. Yeah, no, yeah. it's conveniently left out of, let's say, the cable news circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. and it's a shame. Yeah, because cable news, the way that most media outlets cover guns, it, there's only one topic that they ever want to talk about. Right. Shootings. They only cover mass shootings. It's the only time they talk about firearms. Yeah. The as if that's the only thing that happens with firearms. Yeah. Mass right. shootings are incredibly rare. In the, Still, still are. You know, they're they're obviously a problem. Um, There's something that everyone wants to see uh, stopped, uh, and there's lots of different uh, ideas for doing, including the 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 crazy thing is that they don't cover guns at all for any other reason. And then when they cover mass shootings, it seems more uh, the evidence points to the fact that it's likely they're actually making it worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the way that they cover it, the way that the way that we cover mass shootings in this industry. Is to flood the zone, to to make the person famous who who committed the act, and that it appears from uh, evidence we've seen um, coming to light recently, and a number of uh, you know reports that that have been written that are uh, com- very convincing to my mind uh, that that encourages the other or other shooters to mm-hmm. to do it as you well. Do so, copycats, so, uh, what's yeah. called like the riot effect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The the when you you look at people who participate in riots. You know, it's not all people who have the same bar for when they would be willing to participate in a riot, right? It's, they're yeah. not all right at the top, that, that, right, right at the bottom line of like, oh, I'll just ride at any moment. It starts with one person does it, then the next person sees that person, they say, well, okay, I guess it's more, it's okay for me to do it too. And then that, there's a cascading effect there. And then mm-hmm. you see the same, it's this contagion effect. And you see it with, with mass shootings too. I think that El Paso and Dayton actually really prove this point because... El Paso, the motivation there, right? We're all aware that guy was a, a horrible white supremacist yep. piece of crap. And like, eco-terrorist. Yep. And, yeah. Sure. He's, he's a, you know, a neo-Nazi, like, lunatic. 
Um, and that was his motivation for mm -hmm. for why yeah. he wanted kill to Mexicans. kill Mexicans. He, yep. yeah, he, he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. He, and, he, and he admitted it when he turned himself in. Yep. So that was his motivation, right? Yeah. Um, and you could say maybe the maybe the guy, the the Gilroy guy, was had a similar like alt right like motivation based on something against his religion person. and some other. It was very but, kind of obscure. Topics. But then yeah. you go to Dayton, which yeah. happened the same day as as. Uh, El Paso, mm -hmm. and that guy was very different ideologically. Oh my God! Yeah, from, yeah, he was a Elizabeth Paso, Warren right? he was, supporter. Yeah. yeah, he said yeah. nice things about. He said he would vote. He could see himself voting for Elizabeth Warren. Pro Antifa, pro gun control. control. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically the exact opposite. Like crazy yeah. left fringe, um, you know, har uh, who was willing to commit an act of violence. Um, now, whether yeah, whatever, whether you say, oh, I don't, we don't know that that was his motivation. Doesn't matter. What matters is that these were very different guys, and I think. The Dayton guy had also retweeted coverage of the El Paso shooting mm -hmm. before yep. he decided to commit his act of you know, horrific murder. Mm -hmm. And he was clearly influenced by what this guy had done, mm -hmm. even though they obviously were not on the same uh, you know, ideological waypoint. And I and think that goes to prove more, or like is more evidence of this idea that uh, there's a contagion effect and it's not necessarily yes. driven by, you know, oh, these guys share an ideology and they're they're like, He's like ISIS or something. Well, the way that yeah. the media covers it, it it kind of glamorizes it in a way yeah. because they promote the shooter's ideology, they promote the shooter's name, they make them famous. Mm -hmm. They, you know, the, their name will trend after they commit these these acts of mass murder, and that we could have a much longer discussion on that. That could right. be another day, but I, I think that the way the media covers these kind of things, we need to be very uh, diligent in what what role that the media is playing in furthering these sorts of yeah. uh, acts of violence. I totally agree with that because I think like uh, you look at something like suicides, mm -hmm. and it's a similar idea of um, the way you cover suicides can lead to more suicides, mm -hmm. like especially like a celebrity suicide or something like that. Like mm -hmm. if you're if you're doing flood the zone coverage like we do with mass shootings, you know, mm -hmm. just every network is sending dozen reporters out to the scene to cover every minuscule detail you know every yeah. everything about that shooter uh, and and their entire life right you we know everything about them uh and it's deep and it's reported minute by minute except vegas days. yeah <laughs> we know we know about him we don't know yeah. why he did yeah. it because like yeah. Which is an interesting mystery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. true. It's it's like, you know, there is something to be said for like, yeah, okay, the, the El Paso guy posted a manifesto. Um, he made but, it easy. <laughs> but it's like, does it really, like, is that really why he did it? Because he's a horrible, right? Like, it, these people, or does it, does it even really matter why they're doing it? Yeah, they're, they're mentally ill. Like, they're <laughs> they're nuts. They're, they're, but they're also like, I don't really care that he is a white, like, his act of violence is 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 what matters to me right you know, like yeah i think why we should do more to, to monitor these these you know fringe lunatics regardless of their point of view including mm -hmm. certainly of white supremacists mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. white nationalists whatever like if they're people online making and well, they, always, they've done always, some of this we saw the fbi right uh, arrested a guy recently i mean that'll be an and we always find out launch, after the fact yeah. that these people were on someone's radar yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they don't get stopped yep. i mean it's hard yeah. it's Parkland, hard i mean yeah, it is it is difficult, but there well, that, is I do think there a, is more that could be done to your point about about these guys to stop them beforehand. Yeah. Um, and we need to be more vigilant, both both people who yeah. know them uh -huh. and reporting them and also law yeah. enforcement and taking these 
threats seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's hop off the of guns for a second here and just talk <laughs> about some of the the hot news of the day. Sure. Um, so yesterday, and I know you covered this extensively. The Endangered Species Act had some. Uh, is it proposed rule changes or did no, they actually do they the change? No, they went into effect. Okay, Last they went year into they effect. were put out there on mm-hmm. the federal register. They asked for public comment and they got sufficient comment and feedback and stakeholder engagement from people and they decided it was time to reform, not gut, because a lot of people think that these proposed rule changes are completely gutting the law and it's very intent to protect endangered and threatened species mm-hmm. native species and um, not extend coverage to non-native or invasive species uh, like what much of these um, litigants and, and environmental interests do so what it does essentially in, in three ways uh, there are several provisions there's section 4 4d which is within section 4 and then section 7 and then a few other reforms as it relates to climate change uh, impact and things of that sort but the three um sections that were altered were how uh, future considerations for listings for endangered or threatened uh, will be determined by the best science, the best scientific facts, plus also economic impact, which was not common before uh, because which I'm all for. Yeah, (laughs) no, because it it allows uh, more stakeholders like private landowners, state wildlife agencies and other local interests to also have input because Mm -hmm. they're working with and they want to cooperate with federal agencies to ensure that uh, they're not encroaching on potential species. But a lot of the times, uh, serial litigants like the Defenders of Wildlife, uh, Center for Biological Diversity. And the and, ones that are suing on the wall. Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they find an endangered species, which may not be endangered mm-hmm. or alleged endangered species. And they, they did this with the dusky frog from Mississippi uh, with this Weyerhaeuser case, which the Supreme Court last year ruled unanimously that they can't use a critical habitat designation. Also within Section 4, uh, they said that the critical habitat designation uh, cannot be used uh, to determine future listings, endangered or threatened listings, uh, much like it was with the case of this frog, where it was not found in Louisiana. They just believed it was found there. Huh. And this company, this timber company, Weyerhaeuser, lost $34 million as a result of this. And it harmed their business interests. Uh, it wasn't in the name of conservation, and it does a disservice to actual efforts. So uh, those clarifications about future listings and how uh, they're getting rid of a blanket rule of not giving endangered protections to threatened species or recovered species. And we've seen this with the grizzly bear delisting, mm-hmm. uh, which the Fish and Wildlife Service was forced by court order to put back in place, despite the fact that they've exceeded their carrying capacity in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Um, and also, I think these reforms will allow it so recovered species or th- species that are no longer threatened or endangered uh, could be properly delisted and management can return to the states. And that's not a bad thing. When a species recovers, it should be celebrated and it shouldn't be politicized and yeah. litigated in the courts. So and I we can start killing uh, them again. Oh my God. <laughs> not necessarily. But, but uh, people have to understand that when you're uh, a strict management, like what they were going to do with the grizzly bear, will not eat away at the overall population of grizzlies. Right. And they determined that up to 23, if people are successful in harvesting grizzly bears, which is a very big challenge from what a lot of my friends who are big game hunters tell me, it's impossible to harvest grizzly bears because they're very smart. It's almost nearly impossible to get them. And we see them in uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, too. all the time. Yeah. And, ju- and every week. Are those black bears? Are those grizzlies? Grizzlies. Oh, those grizzlies. And they're yeah. black bears. They're not so common, but it's mostly grizzlies and brown bears. Uh, but you hear stories about uh, fish and wildlife having to euthanize these nuisance bears because they're attacking people. So when there's no management system in place for re- fully recovered species, 
a lot of chaos ensues. And it's not just about increasing human bear conflict or human animal conflict. They also attack other bears and kill mm -hmm. off ungulate species like deer, elk, things of that sort. So if there's no management system in place, when states are able to take care of a delisted species, that's a problem. But also uh, the intent of these rules changes is to ensure that more than 3% of species that have successfully been recovered or delisted can be taken off the list because this law has been in place for 45 years and only 3% of species that have been listed have recovered. There's something wrong with that. And kind mm -hmm. of like when people were deciding whether or not to support Trump, what worse could happen or, or what have you got to lose? I think that same logic can apply to these changes. What do people, what do conservationists have to lose if the status quo isn't working? Mm -hmm. And again, it, Katie did an excellent job, and I know some people were giving her flack for her appearance yeah. um, by involving more private stakeholders. It's not just the government who should be involved in conservation. You need public-private partnerships, landowners especially, to be engaged because they shouldn't have their private property rights infringed upon, and they can also work to help conserve species better than a strictly federal system in place yeah. or when you have these so-called conservation groups that do nothing they don't put their money where their mouth is hunters and anglers pay the 60 percent of conservation funding in this country so a lot of the people who are actually contributing whether they are landowners people who are active participants and other stakeholders and let the wildlife biologists do their job and listen to their recommendations and a lot of people on the ground have said they these reforms the esa reforms had to have happened so. and up in new jersey they rolled back the annual uh, black bear hunt yes and they're having major problems Terrible. now with black bear overpopulation yep. specifically in northwest mm -hmm. jersey in in high density yep. population areas and so long story short of this is it's essentially clearing up some government red yes. tape on uh conservation yes. endangered species act were these uh were these zinky changes yeah he was still in place i'm sorry he time, left yeah. last year yes so this was under him and bernhardt has see, see yeah. to it to carry this out um, i miss zinky i liked him a lot yeah, he was good, but I think um, Bernhardt may be a little less media hungry. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's a lot more focused on the policy, and I think because we see like the resistance going after people, I think Bernhardt, it was okay for him to take over just because there's less... Um, I mean, they're still going to attack the Department of Interior mm, for, yeah. for kind of reforming <laughs> yeah. things. They dislike anything that's affiliated with the Trump administration, but I think they're actually doing a pretty tactful, good job of making sure this law works properly, that it actually involves multiple stakeholders. And Section 7, I forgot to mention, makes it so intergovernmental consultation between the Fish and Wildlife and the subset of the Commerce Department um, receive feedback from other people and people go to them. And, and again, it, it creates fewer roadblocks and less red tape. But it, it doesn't... That's what I love. <laughs> it doesn't gut the law. It makes it kind of a more free market, environmentalist approach, a lot more limited government and making sure that the law is actually recovering and delisting species because a lot of species are staying there because when environmental groups litigate, yeah, they, they won't take them off. They make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They do uh, sue and settle practices and file these citizen suits um, under the EAJA, which um, the Dep Department of Interior has brought into light and they wanna highlight the fact that so much in taxpayer money is being wasted whenever they sick these lawyers on the Fish and Wildlife Agency, private landowners, things of that sort. So they abuse the system, and they're they're not serious about recovering endangered or threatened species. I'm going to mm -hmm. make that that claim because I haven't seen it. 
Um, if they were serious about actually recovering imperiled species, they would want to work with hunters. They'd want to work with state wildlife agencies to make that possible, yeah. not resist or fight it back. It seems back. like the left's opposition to this is basically hashtag resist, orange yes. man bad. You know, yeah. anything yeah. the Trump administration does. If they cured cancer, they'd be like, oh, well, we need cancer. That's definitely true of some people. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I think conservatives should start to pay attention to these issues more. And I'm glad I'm I'm one of the few that has kind of signaling the light and attention to that but i don't want to be the only person to write about this and i hope other people study and read up on this because yeah. it's very important and we should have a stake on the environmental uh, issue and i think this is a good way that we can yeah otherwise we just get railroaded yep. as we have in the past yep. so oh by the way did you guys see the video of the bald eagle swimming yes yes that was yeah. epic That's great. Bald eagles i love that yeah oh, and yeah. nobody wants to Go kill eagles. bald eagles <laughs> oh i do <laughs> That's because Matt doesn't like no the Philadelphia Eagles. No, yeah. I don't know any hunter who says, yes, we have to kill the bald eagles. That's crazy. Yeah. They're beautiful and majestic. At I least not here. Yeah, yeah. not here. Yeah, maybe not maybe here. elsewhere they yeah. don't like the eagle because it represents freedom. Yeah. Mm. You know? And I'm thinking like L.A., San Francisco, Portland, <laughs> oh Seattle, gosh. Tacoma. Yeah. Basically no, all the left coast. But no, um, contrary to what they're putting out there, these rule changes will not go attack the bald eagle nobody wants to see the bald eagle decimated there they've actually successfully recovered because of this law so when the law is applied we see iconic species like them recover but no they're going to be untouched and no one's going to hunt them mm -hmm. yeah i figured that the left freak out was just you know typical irrational stuff they but, don't read uh, the proposals exactly yeah. yeah but we appreciate the background on that because you're, you're welcome. much more the expert than than i am so i figured i'll wait for her to give me the background <laughs> yes, give us the, sh the whole the whole spiel yeah translating it into layman's terms can be difficult because it as you guys know like any law that Congress or lawmakers put their support behind. It's so arcane and so draconian. You can't understand it. It's not in layman's terms. So yeah. well, anyway, that's, that's, a, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's on, on purpose. purpose. It's yeah. on yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so they should make it easier for people to understand what the heck they're regulating or yeah. yep. managing. Especially and then, of course, you get the, you know, the lefty hashtags yep. that go against it. Yeah. And speaking of lefty hashtags, yeah. so <laughs> hashtag Cuccinelli resign was trending yesterday and might still be trending today. Oh, boy. Um, this one's good. Mostly because he made some comment about the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty and... It, then, then I just don't like him because he is in favor of President Trump's immigration policy and is basically the, quote, immigration czar that's <laughs> implementing it across government agencies. But this is in the context of we have a local story here yesterday in Montgomery County where two illegal immigrants were now arrested and charged with raping a teenager. I don't even 11 remember. 11-year-old. 11-year-old. So not even a teenager. And... It turns out that one of them had been deported previously and returned here through our unsecured border that the left refuses to secure. And also in the context of him defending ICE and their agents and facilities, when in San Antonio, there was an attack on an ICE facility where somebody just shot the place up through the window. Yeah. And yep. they don't know who it was or where the, gun, the shots were fired from, but they're working on the ballistics of that, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But... Tacoma, yes, Washington, mm -hmm. yes, where they attempted an Antifa terrorist essentially yeah. attempted to firebomb the facility, and cops had to kill him. Now San Antonio, and the left refuses to condemn these acts of violence, but they expect the right to take responsibility and condemn oh, acts of violence yeah. by supposed members of the right. Yeah, where I wouldn't qualify. You know, this crazy white supremacist as a member of the right. In fact, yeah. he. 
did not like President Trump, yeah. and he put that in his manifesto. Or Republicans in general. Yeah, or Democrats. Yeah, he, didn't like anybody. he didn't like anybody. Yeah, yeah he didn't but, like anybody. So, but go ahead. It goes to show that this, they like to lay the blame on Republicans and politically charged rhetoric, but I would actually argue that even if I were to take myself out and if I wasn't conservative and I was just a casual observer, I think you see a lot of more dangerous and politically charged rhetoric from them and they're becoming more violent as we see with these attacks on ICE facilities or just anything else. And they talk about us having to watch our language. Why aren't they watching their own language? Because people have actually taken their word at face value and go and commit these ghastly acts of horror, attack, attacking government facilities, threatening people, threatening to kill them. And they need to have a self-check themselves. They, mm -hmm. they talk about being taking the moral high ground. If they're not doing it themselves, we could unfortunately see other politically motivated attacks like that, which happened to Congressman Steve Scalise. It's very dangerous what, what they're trying to do. And, and the fact that they're not um, calming their own people mm -hmm. or encouraging people, hey, step back, take a step back from this politically charged rhetoric. It could boil down to a lot of more unfortunate and dangerous events. We can't yeah. afford that. That would be horrific. For yeah. this country. I mean, yeah. did you see that video of them outside? The, I think it was the San Antonio they office. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were chanting. The, we know the people, what you do. Yeah, they, we know where you live. You, we know where you go to church, and we know where you live. I mean, of course, and Fox. We know what, all that stuff, what food but, your dog. But, yeah, dogs yeah. eat. Like, um, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think like everyone on all sides. Could, of course, could, yes. Could uh, you know use with that that sort of advice? Um, and and I do. I, I you know I don't think that. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders or, or, or Trump or whoever is responsible no. for the acts that these people commit mm -mm. Um, unless unless they're directly saying, go and shoot this person right. or go right. and attack them. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't be, think they're yeah. responsible for it, but I do think that, you know, the heated rhetoric is is bad. Like, especially mm -hmm. when you get to the point that we've gotten to in this country, you know, where, where we're talking about um, the other side as, as, you know, enemies and, and we're talking about... Yeah. Nazis. Saying ICE, yeah, yeah. Nazis saying yeah. ICE is operating concentration camps, yeah. you know, because yeah. if you think that someone is operating a concentration camp in your country, then you probably should go and and try to stop them right. uh, as however you can. Yeah, it depends on who. But <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that's um, typical. But, oh my God. Always a good idea to come on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whenever yeah. I'm yeah. sitting in this Welcome chair, I'm always like, this was a good Welcome. decision. It's yeah. a trap. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know, so, uh, and then I actually have another point on the Cuccinelli thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who personally, and this is outside of what I read about, obviously, mm -hmm. so yeah. people can take my personal opinion how, you know, mm -hmm. it's not whatever they want. But, okay. but um, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, supportive of a lot of the things that the Trump administration has done. I'm not against everything. I, the wall is uh, not something in, the, in, in principle that I'm against, but, you know, it's family separation, things like, it's stuff we've all argued about before. I'm mm -hmm. not, I've been against those things. But I do think that Cuccinelli's comments here, my problem with this situation is not so much what he said, because I don't think what he said was all that unreasonable. He's just saying oh, the, the, the poem was about classism in, in Europe. This is his mm -hmm. point of view on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was about, like, there was a perception that lower classes couldn't contribute to society. And, like, we were, the poem was rejecting this idea and so forth. And then, but the problem was that the way that it got framed in the media was mm -hmm. this yeah. idea that he was saying, oh, that poem only applies to, to Europeans coming here, yes. which is not what he was saying. Correct. Like, yeah. if that yeah. was what he was saying, yeah, I'd be upset by it. But that wasn't what he was saying. Like, mm -hmm. I might not agree with what Ken Cuccinelli wants to do overall with immigration, but... Well, I wish he was governor of Virginia. He should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But, he really yeah. should have been. Yeah. Sure. But, um, but, you know, I think it's... 
the way it's been covered has been so ridiculously unfair to him because they've just basically lied about what he said. And he it's part of the course. People have yeah. Yeah. He said. yeah, but I mean, the greater conversation, the fact that people have opposition to the fact that we shouldn't be giving welfare to people who want to come here and become active members of society. My parents never took a cent of mm-hmm. government money when they immigrated here. They actually had a lot of private support. And I, I would hope more people, especially with the new types of immigrants that come through here legally, if they do, a lot of private companies or private entities can step up to the plate and help them rather than get them hooked onto the never ending cycle of government aid mm-hmm. and assistance. Because sure. when you're attached to that and, and you're stuck in that framework, you're never going to be able to get out much like with, with what they're trying to do with student loans and things of that sort. But I think, and I don't know if um, the contention also is, I saw some conservatives post about this, that there already is a law that prevents uh, people from obtaining green cards if they take government citizen or government uh, welfare. I'm not sure, but some people are like, well, there's already rules against it. Maybe Cuccinelli is trying to clarify it, but I don't see anything wrong with wanting to clarify that if you want a green card, you have to not take government welfare. And that's the interesting thing mm-hmm. about it, because like as somebody who doesn't follow the issue super closely, uh, you know, I uh, obviously have my own beat that I follow, but there was tons of media coverage of these comments mm-hmm. and I had no idea what the actual issue was yeah. because all they <laughs> talked about was that Cuccinelli, they lied about how he wanted all oh, these only yeah. Europeans. Like he didn't say that. And then also like what it's a terrible job by the media of covering this issue because all we know about our what he like his supposedly controversial comments. We don't even know what the actual issue was. Right. It took a long right. time for me to yeah. find yeah. out I was completely... that it was about this uh, some change they want to make to uh, you know how uh, who qualifies right. for green cards mm-hmm. based on you know how much welfare or how long they were on that kind of thing. Which mm-hmm. like is is a conversation mm-hmm. I think you could have. Like most people, I'm sure most Americans uh, want legal immigrants. They yep. and then they probably also are. Not would not be in favor of just having someone immigrate here and then be on welfare right. overall. Right. And then you could also, on the other hand, be like, well, if someone comes here uh, and they have a job and then they lose the job and for a limited period of time they were on unemployment or whatever and then they got another job, maybe we don't kick that person out. But, you know, you can have a conversation about it, whereas the media just focused on a complete misreading, mm-hmm. mis- misrepresentation of what Cuccinelli had said about a about the Statue of Liberty poem. Yep. Right. And they, well, they always jump back to this this Statue of Liberty poem as like, it's you know, law. It's law. It's and a, I'm like, it's, it's not it's law. A, it's a supposed value. It's not yeah. law. Yeah. And the value is up for interpretation, as we see here, with different opinions, different viewpoints. Yeah. But it's also not at the like, time of, let's say, in the early 1900s when it was Teddy Roosevelt, they had pretty strict immigration oh, rules yeah. in effect. Oh, yeah. And I think Ellis Island, I remember going there a few years ago, and I was really surprised to see this, that they used to bar people who were agitators or communists yep. Yep. Uh, from coming into the country. As yeah. they should have. Yep. <laughs> but but yep. yeah, th- no one talks about that. And, um, and these are more progressive historical presidential figures that are putting this out there. So yeah, it, context is very important. And unfortunately, a lot like it is with the gun issue, they're not interested in having that or mm. they're interested in framing it when they should be fostering conversation. Yeah, we're a society of no context at this point, which yeah. is yeah, part of the shame. problem. Yeah, no. But uh, let's run through a few more hot topics here. Uh, we're running a little bit long, but let's uh, let's try to hit as much as possible. So Epstein, the autopsy has been completed and inside sources are now saying that there were bones broken in his neck, which is more consistent with usually how a homicide victim would look, but it could still be a suicide. 
and this has obviously ignited more and more conspiracies. So the, the main one, obviously, being that the Clintons are involved. We're not hey, really going to talk about that. They're very good. Yeah. They're very good at this. They're very good at <laughs> he stacking got, he those got bodies. Vince Foster. He got Vince Foster. <laughs> but yeah. so what? Uh, what? Where you stand on this? Because a lot of a lot of regular people now that normally aren't conspiracy theorists are on board with some sort of uh, foul play being involved here. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think he probably it was Occam's razor. He probably just killed himself. Uh, okay, and maybe the prison wasn't very well run yeah, in regards that's the to other suicide. Thing is, yeah, my God, like <laughs> there <laughs> were definitely there's definitely people who should be held responsible for the the fact that he was able to kill yeah. himself. Mm-hmm. He was probably I think he had tried to kill himself. He did, right? Yeah, two he days did prior. Before, yeah. And so, like, you know, the, that they allowed this to happen. It, it's it's unfortunate, not because he's dead, obviously, but because you know, because he was it seems he was a very terrible person. Yeah, who had to but, be held to account. Yeah, that's the problem is that his mm-hmm. victims won't won't get full justice no. because he was able to kill himself, but. You know, uh, to be fair to conspiracy theorists, and I'm not usually fair to them <laughs> yeah. because I think conspiracy theorists are lunatics uh, across the board, here, especially here. our friend Matt Vespi. Uh, uh, I'm not a conspiracy uh, theorist. I have the documents. Epstein, <laughs> what, it, Epstein, the fact that he was able to perpetrate his crimes for so long against vulnerable victims Allegedly. is the result of a actual right. conspiracy. Yeah. Like, conspiracies happen. Conspiracy yeah, yeah, is just exactly. something where two people... Uh, you know, plan a crime mm-hmm. together, and and uh, Epstein was able to do this stuff because he had people helping him. So there was yeah, women conspiracies, women and yeah, 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 horrible, uh, awful people. And he was Mistress obviously Maxwell. connected. You know, you get why these things come. Up. He was super mm-hmm. well connected. He's those Trump and the Clintons and every British royal family. Yeah, for the yeah. he knows every man knows everybody. Every you know, he he's in those circles. Um, whether you know how much those people knew about the, and obviously Bill Clinton has been a little bit shaky on his explanations yep. for what, how often he met with mm-hmm. and flew around with Epstein. But the it, frequent uh-huh. flyer miles uh, were yeah. great on that plane. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there's plenty to look at there that we still don't know, but I, I still think it's probably he just yeah. killed himself. I could yeah. see that. I mean, I think we're he had find good out. reason to kill himself. He was we'll a horrible, horrible person who was finally going to be brought to justice. And he was going to have a bad time in jail. Oh, yeah. They don't treat child molesters nope. too well there. Nor no. should they. No. Any additional thoughts on that, Gabe? Yeah, it's interesting. They're trying to lay the blame on Attorney General Bill Barr, which is hilarious, and then they're yeah. saying that Trump was mostly connected to him and didn't. I mean, I have no idea the extent of his involvement if he was involved with him at all. But didn't he bar him from Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, too? after an incident, yeah, after yeah. a sexual incident. He, yeah. I mean, he did know him and was friends. He yeah. oh, for sure, long, sure, for sure. But he had a falling not, out with that many years that he ago. did yeah. anything. No. Yeah. Like not what as, Epstein was not doing, as but. much friends as he was with the Clintons. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. Remember, he was not a fan. I knew him for years. <laughs> we had a falling out. Not a fan of his. <laughs> yep. All right. So Hong Kong, um, we're generally concerned about the potential for a Tiananmen 2.0 here. Yeah. Um, it's disheartening. It looks like the Chinese communist military is about to roll in there. They're staging at a huge sports complex right near the border with Hong Kong, mm. uh, which is like a special Chinese somewhat independent district with much less censorship laws, more freedom, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Hong Kong protesters have been waving the American flag, saying America is a beacon of freedom, mm. singing the national anthem, holding signs that, mm. that say, we wish we had the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think that, one, the Chinese are going to roll in hard? And two, do you think that we will do anything? Because obviously the rest of the world is content with sitting on their hands on this. They've been completely silent. Europe, the rest of them. So what do you think is going to be the result there? Oh boy, I don't know. It's a really hard situation there because mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, I frankly, I blame the British um, for this happening. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even mean that as a joke. They, they're the ones who, that's the reason that Hong Kong yes. is different from the rest of China. Very true, yeah. yes. Because the British had control over it for de- for decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided in the late 90s to hand over control back to yeah. the Chinese. As, and seen this in, was, as seen in Rush Hour. Yes. Rush yeah. Hour. Was it Rush Hour 1 or 2? 1, was, yeah. Was it 1? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Great yeah. movie. General Cornwallis great, gave it over. Great movie for to learn your history about yes. Hong Kong, for yes. sure. Yeah. But so um, it seems like something like this was inevitable at some yeah. point because mm-hmm. the Chinese communists aren't going to, you know, the, I think there's some deadline in like 2040 where they were supposed to revert total control back to the, the right. central party. but And now they're just trying to push that forward essentially. And the, But there was always going to be some sort of showdown because the people living under a more free version of uh, you know, more free society aren't going to necessarily want to just give that up. Yeah. And so As that's what you're saying. With our fight in the Second Amendment. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but unfortunately for them, um, they might not have much of a choice. Yeah. Like the Chinese <laughs> communists are willing to crack down and kill their own people in order to keep control. Like that's clear. We know that. That's so, communism. <laughs> yeah. That's I how mean, communism yeah. works. But no, also, like we've seen the, the Chinese communists do this before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't love the way that. President Trump has handled it. There's been I would tend to agree of, uh, with you. Yeah, it that he could have been much better. The yeah, problem is this is all in the in the intervene. Right. This, the problem is this is all in the context of the bigger yeah, relationship the with the Chinese right. and the one China policy. And right. I mean, there is a lot it's of moving parts. Yeah. I don't to be. I don't like the way that Trump has handled. It. I think mm-hmm. he could be better, um, especially rhetorically. But there is obviously, even if he was mm-hmm. better on that front. How much can you do without sending without, the military? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Now, I mean, I do think you know that it would be much harder to oppress a big city like Hong Kong if they mm-hmm. were armed. I mean, the real question is, where the hell's the UN? Nowhere yeah. to be <laughs> found. Yeah. Nowhere to be found. Typical yet again. Uh, they're yeah. they're plotting how to put more human rights violations yeah. against Israel yeah. and they're the United too busy States. Busy bashing yeah. Israel. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to be a real sad outcome there. I don't know I do. how exactly. Yeah, there's going to be end. bodies. I mean, hope, I, mean maybe, I don't want it to be bodies, but there's going to be a lot of bodies. I, there, I mean, there already are, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there could be many, many more. I mean, mm-hmm. ho- hopefully the Chinese back down because it's, it, if they roll tanks into Hong Kong, mm-hmm. that's going to be very bad for them economically. Maybe for that, sure. Yeah. Maybe that's enough for them to, to give up on the, the effort, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. people forget that Hong Kong usually ranks atop, let's say, Heritage's economic index and it kind of battles with Singapore as being one of the most free market, yep. free places in that corner of the world. And it's going to certainly impact their probably financial outlook and them being a superpower with, with all these free market ideas. And it, it just goes back to history with, with how China has been historically with Mao Zedong and, and yeah. just, just kind of all those elements. I think they removed presidential term limits and we're seeing... Uh, their oppression of Uyghurs, uh, which are yep. that uh, minority in China, and it's just history repeats itself. Unfortunately, those and are the Muslims, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They're they're kind of like Crimean Tartars in, in camps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So re-education, re-education. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. It it's what China is doing is very dangerous, and I think they do work in concert with Russia, and mm-hmm. that's how they have all these crazy ideas and and this uh, quest for power. They they've worked together historically when Russia was Soviet and, and China was communist. Yeah. More, I mean, China's still communist, but overtly communist even then. But I think the fact that these protesters were doing everything peacefully, that they're America-loving, they're not breaking buildings, they're not calling for civil unrest, they just want to 
showcase that independence is something that runs through their veins. And they're mostly young protesters. They're young mm-hmm. people, millennials, yeah. uh, to wager. And this is this is this something similar like to what we have seen happen in Eastern Europe. So it, it's actually coming up on 30 years, like next week or so, yep. where the Baltics formed a human chain called the Baltic Way, where they, I think it was uh, millions of people linked arm in arm, and it was played all over the news here in the United States and elsewhere across the world, where you see similar echoes to what the Hong Kong protesters are doing, that they're peacefully protesting. And um, after the Baltic Way was uh, carried out, you saw the Berlin Wall fall, and then shortly after, uh, Lithuania broke away, and then the two other Baltics, too, in 1990. Uh, so there could be good pressure uh, with these types of civil, peaceful protests that could trigger uh change and perhaps lead to Hong Kong being truly independent. I'm not sure, obviously, with China being overly aggressive. The situation with the Soviet Union was it was on its way to being de- defunct and, and ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, but China is very yeah. powerful, so it's slightly different. But just kind of seeing quests for freedom historically, um, I, I do see a lot of uh, parallels between what uh, the Hong Kong protesters are doing and what a lot of people uh, in my ancestral homeland were doing, too. And I think it's positive and we should offer moral support. I don't know if we should go into war or if there is a way to do it because things could es- escalate and we don't want um, casualties of innocent bystanders um, mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I think we can offer moral support. I'm not sure if we should send troops there. but Unless I- we're going to take Hong Kong, <laughs> there's no reason to send troops yeah. there. I mean, we it would just result in a yeah, massive would, bloody battle. It would escalate would be, tensions. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think like best case scenario is what you what you've described there. Of, you know, that's best case scenario for a, a nonviolent protest is that it, it it sort of shames the oppressive ruling regime enough, or they realize that the cost of putting it down would be so high that it would be worse for them than that than optics, them yeah. You know, um, you know, economically or or mm-hmm. understanding in the world and so forth. And that those are the best case scenarios. Unfortunately, that that's the best case scenario you can hope for, because if you have no other way of resisting, um, you just have to hope that you're able to cause enough economic turmoil or or uh, political re- relations crisis for them that they decide that it's not worth it to to roll tanks on you. Because if you have no option to resist, you know, w- with arms, then that's that's all you can hope for. And right. hopefully that's enough in Hong Kong. I mean, that, maybe it will be. That would be. Great. That's that's always yeah. better than any sort of armed uprising. But the fact is, they have no option for armed up- uprising there. Right. That's why they need the Second Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's just uh, you know a general political philosophy of like, you know, what happens when the oppressive government you're you're protesting against doesn't care that you're protesting against and them and they're willing down to in use the streets. force. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What happens then? Yep. What do you do then? You just have to give, I mean, cause we've seen this in American yeah. politics. Mm-hmm. Biden has been talking about this a lot lately where he's just like, well, your AR 15 wouldn't do anything against the military. So, yeah, it would. <laughs> so you just, I, so, but what's your, what's your option? Then? A guerrilla you, insurgency. Yeah. I mean, it I agree. In Vietnam. So yeah. It's worked <laughs> yeah. in, in, in lots of places. Yeah. I mean, Afghanistan, like yeah. we're apparently might be right. uh, signing a peace deal with the Taliban soon. Which is so crazy. You know, they beat, the the Soviets and now looks like they might uh, at least have outlasted, you know, us, outlasted yeah. us. So, um, you know, so the basic question I think is about whether or not you know armed civilians can resist uh, you know a military. I think obviously they can. Yeah. But if you even if you believe that they couldn't, what's your what's your solution? You just right. live under tyranny. Is that the option? Is that what Biden is saying when he goes out and says this stuff? Is that really like? 
That's well, your yeah. that's your no, solution. Just Remember, sleepy, sleepy, yeah, sleepy Joe's having yeah, some we're talking about, issues. So you never know yeah. what he says. We're only that. talking about situations where, the, like in Hong Kong in China, mm-hmm. where or North Korea or wherever you would point to, Venezuela, where the government has become tyrannical. It's been it's become destructive to the rights of the people. Mm-hmm. We're not obviously at that point in America, and we won't right. be anytime soon. Like hopefully, but the likely. first step to a tyrannical government is disarmament of the people. But that's what mm-hmm. it, like. So if you were to, because that's what we're talking about, is a hypothetical situation where the government is oppressive and tyrannical. If your if your argument is no, well, you can resist them with your AR-15 anyway. What is your what is yeah. your solution? Right. Yeah. Nothing. Well, Swallow yeah. said he'd nuke us, so <laughs> yeah, right. that that's gonna work out really just well. Nothing. We're just gonna live with. I know. The, yeah. So that's that's what always amazes me about like when Biden or Swalwell or whoever goes out and says these things. Like, yeah. They don't. Biden's think not playing with think. a full deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does, does Hong Kong have a private gun? No. presence at all I, no. I wouldn't think no no because no, no, no. if they did this would have already no. sparked right off big right league. yeah no. yeah and uh i i think that it's going to be interesting to see if trump can manage to wrangle any sort of chinese restraint i don't know that he will be able to hopefully but yeah he should i think that he, he needs try. to be clear with president xi like yeah yeah. And that's the other thing. I'm not a huge fan of him getting super cozy with G because G's evil. He wants to defeat the United States. Yeah, it's a he, very clear goal. He's going to be ruling for the rest of his forever. life. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Until well, he that's dies. sign of his like uh, his negotiating tactic. Yeah. Is which I can understand that negotiating guys. tactic too is try is try to you know be friendly. But yeah. in the in the bigger context of this U.S. Chinese relationship, this is a definite uh, complicating factor. Oh yeah. So we'll see what happens. We had a really long episode today, yes, so I guess we had more we wanted to talk about, but uh, we got to get out of here so yeah. Dr. Gorka can get <laughs> yes. in the studio. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, thanks a lot for Steve Gutowski and Gabrielle Hoffman for joining us. Of course, you could check out her podcast, District of Conservation, listed everywhere, correct? Yes, iTunes, sir. Podbean, Stitcher, all of those? All over or, the place. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Steve Gutowski's tremendous writing on the Washington Free Beacon. Thanks a lot for joining us today. You can follow us at TriggeredTHM and TriggeredPodcast.com. Give reviews. Yes, we love the five-star reviews. So (laughs) tremendous. And we will be back here on Tuesday for another tremendous episode of Triggered. We'll see you guys then. Have a good weekend.